The scripture today is from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and, sit and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage, this passage of scripture. He was led like the sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can, speak, who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet he is talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up from the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Atazus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Will you join with me in prayer? Lord, open our hearts and open our ears as we listen to your word. And Lord, speak through Mike today and speak your love and your grace and your truth. And let all that resonate in this place today, Lord. Lord, open our hearts so we can take this message and we can take it out into the world and we can bring this to your people. In your name we pray. Amen. You, uh, of course, already met Kelsey a moment ago when she read the scriptures and prayed over me. We're glad to have her in our uh, midst and and, uh, hope that you get to know her much better as the days go by. It's an exciting time for her and us to to be uh, growing, transforming what our team can be and, and what will be in the new age. I do want to remind you what Vicki said uh, as one of the announcements. There's a lot going on at Marion Methodist, always. Um, this Friday night, Greg and Maria Shepherd will be right here in this space uh, sharing about their mission and some of the mission team that's uh, been gone on trips before will be hosting a little bit of a reception. Actually, we're just going to do it right here on this same floor in the parlor afterwards, so we hope you'll be able to come. Maybe talk to Greg and Maria a little bit, uh, maybe hear some, uh, some of the testimonies of people that have been there. So we hope you'll come back. Uh, for that. Your sermon today starts like this. I was completely terrified, scared from top to bottom. You see, I had sold my car a week ago, and so to go to college, I had a duffel bag 
and a few things in a suitcase, and my mother was dropping me off outside the dorm at Iowa Wesleyan. It was the first day of fall football camp. The other students weren't there. It was a couple weeks before they showed up. And when she dropped me off, I was probably listed in the Marion Indian football program as six foot, 190, but in reality it was probably 5'9 and a buck 65. I shaved periodically, once or twice a month. And when she dropped, stopped in front of the dormitory, three or four guys walked by who clearly shaved in between meals each day who are some, some sort of thing, either giant or tightened human being. And they weren't from Marion. And I was terrified. I had all of a sudden become the littlest fish in a bigger pond. Now, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there more than anything, but I was scared. And so I, I took my 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 big old duffel bag, and I took my other whatever I had carrying, and I, and I looked, and it wasn't really intuitive, but I found a coach, and the coach took me to a room, room 327 in McKibben Hall. He opened the door for me. There in there, there was no sheets, nothing but beds and a couple of, you know, a couple of desks, and he said, here's your room. He left the door open because it was 412 degrees because it was the middle of August and no air conditioning in the dorms, and he said, see you at lunch. So I threw my stuff down. And I sat down on the bed, and I think in my heart I wanted to say, Mommy, come back and get me. (laughs) But I didn't. As I sat there, I was kind of looking down and not unpacking my stuff, and all of a sudden, the doorway disappeared. Because in it was standing a man that I came to know as Big Lee Collins. Lee was from Dunbar High School in Chicago, Illinois. He was six foot six, two hundred and eighty pounds. He was a defensive tackle that would come to play right in front of me for my freshman year. But he stood in my door and he just simply said, Freshman, come on, you're eating with me. It wasn't a multiple choice quiz. <laughs> so I got up. And I walked kind of behind, but kind of beside Lee. But I knew one thing. My heart just absolutely leapt. And from that moment forward, from, from that, come on, freshman, you're eating with me. Iowa Wesleyan College was the place for me. I was in because Lee Collins had invited me to lunch. Because of his willingness, his intent to involve me, because of his invitation, because his willingness to inclusion Include me, I was in. Now, let me be really clear, because we've been into this sermon series on sharing our faith for a few weeks now. The purpose of all this is that by your intention, by your invitation, by your inclusion, today's strangers, people that know not Marion first at all, Come to know this as their place. And more importantly than this, this. The people and the community of God. We want people in our community to know that this is the place for them. That this is their home. That they can be here. And it starts by this. The community welcomes strangers by their intention. You must have an intent. Are you willing to offer what you have? Are you willing to give what you have? Do do, do you have the intent to offer what you have? The intent 
The simple intent always means, I want you to have what I have. I want you to have the love of God that I have. I want you to know the people I know. I want you to be involved in what I'm involved in. See, Lee Collins intentionally offered me a seat at his table. The first white guy to sit at that table. And not only did I get a seat, I got the seat beside Lee. And he had no idea what would happen once I was there. But he invited me. He, his intention was to put me at his table. He had that intent. He walked into my door with it. He didn't think I'd say no. You see, he led me to a place. For the Christians, you see, that's our faith in Jesus Christ. For the Christian church, that is the place we're supposed to be about. Do we have the intent to offer this to anyone? I I listened to the hymns today, and they were marvelously chosen. A new hymn for us, and and a second hymn. I love to tell the story. Both of those hymns had to do with us inviting others. I don't know if you listened to that carefully enough. But it says, I love to tell the story. And how precious that story is. And I just wonder, how many of us have told that to anyone? It doesn't say, I love to know the story. It doesn't say, I love to come to church and hear the story from the preacher or read the gospel or something like that. It says, I love to tell the story. That's, an, that's, a, that's a claiming, I love to tell. Which, of course, is how disciples are made. But we have to have the intention to tell it. Because I, even though I've made a lot of stupid sentences in my life... It appears that I've intended to say them. Anything we say, we intend to say. Anything we tell, tell we intend to, to say. So do you intend to tell the, the, the story? The, the reason I tell this, the reason I bring this up is this. If you read the, the entire body of the New Testament, and I have, I have, I've, I've read it all several times, you will find in there that not one, not one, not a single one, not a single person has come to faith in Jesus Christ in the New Testament story without the assistance of another person. Without the assistance of someone telling them the story, without the assistance of someone welcoming them in. And you can go from front to start, and I'll do it for you if you want to, but we don't have enough minutes on that clock to do it. But the Ethiopian eunuch doesn't get into the doesn't get into the kingdom without Philip. The jailer of of Paul and Silas at Philippi does not get into the kingdom without them. Even Paul himself, who met Jesus on the Damascus Road, doesn't get into the kingdom without Ananias praying the scales right off his eyes. You cannot find one in the New Testament story that comes to faith in Jesus Christ, that comes to know the community of faith that is his in Jesus Christ, that does not have the assistance of another person. And we are to be those who to us are, are assisting. I love to tell the story. So don't keep it to yourself. Will you see those that are looking for an entrance? See, we, we, we know if, even if we have intent to offer what we have, do we see who's looking for an invitation? Big Lee saw me because he'd probably been a freshman once. I, I, I think he was always 40. He looked 40, man. I mean... But, but he saw me sitting there just staring at the ugly green carpet in the McKibben Hall door. He just staring there. And he saw me like I was lost and looking for an invitation. And don't you in your community, don't you where you live, don't you in the places that you go to breakfast out, out there, see people that are lost and looking? Do you, do you look? I, I, I'm telling you, people are looking all the time. Do you see the person without Christ in their life as one that might be looking for someone to show them the way? Do you see who's looking for an entrance? 
And will you go to where they're at? Will you go to where another is? See, I didn't go to Lee's room. Lee came to my room. He came right into room 327 McKibben Hall and said, Freshman, you're going to eat with me. He came right to me. It's not hard to invite a person to Christ. Once you're already here, is it? Look, you can look to your left or right. I mean, you can do this right now and say, Hey, would you like to go to worship with me today? Go ahead, you can do that. Yeah, it wasn't hard, was it? Because you're already here. Right? Hey, good job. You invited well. No. We know it's not hard to invite someone once they're already here. But the Ethiopian eunuch is out on the trail. He's out on the road. And Philip goes to him. And that's our example. We go to where people are at. Secondly, the community welcomes strangers by invitation. We've got to have intent. We want them to come by. But personal invitation is always the largest draw to anything. You know that. You, you love being invited to stuff, don't you? Even if you can't go. You, you know, you've never had someone come up to you and they said, hey, I've been wanting to invite you. You say, don't. Don't invite me to that. I mean, unless it's like a Tupperware party or something, okay? But does that still happen? I'm not going to go there. Sorry. Personal invitation is the largest draw to anything. We love being invited. We, we love being invited to anything. We might not be able to go. We might say, thanks a lot. I can't go that day or whatever. But we love being invited. Lifeway Research took a survey of 15,000 adults. United States. In the United States. And not surprisingly, their research shows that the best received means of seeing new people walking to one's church is, drum roll please, personal invitation. People invite them to church. 67% of all persons in the United States, I'm going to say Americans because it says that, say a personal invitation from a family member will likely result in them coming to church. 67%. doesn't say one invitation. It says, but 67% of family members that are invited will likely come to church. 63% say that a, per, a personal invitation from a friend, a neighbor, would likely, would likely result in their visit to church. Two years ago, I was standing right in that doorway after the 945 service. A couple came up to me, and they just simply said, this is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, the music was good. They're like, no, this is awesome. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, the church, the building, this, this is awesome. I'm like, well, I'm so glad you're here because I was just going back to meet them because I knew that they were new in the church. They said, yeah, this is awesome. I said, well, I'm glad you came. They said, so are we. You know, he told me he's 42 years old. He says, you know, I'm 42 years old. This is the first time in my life I've ever been in a church. I said, well, I'm glad you're here. He says, it's also the first time I've ever been invited to a church. And I was slayed by that. Because he lives in my town. And so do you. And so we have to understand that there's a lot of people out there looking for an invitation, wanting an invitation. And now, of course, that family is involved in our church. And I'm grateful for those that did invite them. It really, really works inviting someone to church. And, but don't take my word for it. A few months ago, we put something together that about a couple of our people that did some inviting. I, I'm gonna ask our video guys to, to play this video right now. Let's take a look at this.
We've been going to Marion Methodist uh, for 18 years. We actually joined the church. We're not from Iowa, but we joined the church when um, our, our oldest daughter was born. And I remember sitting in the hospital looking at her thinking, I can't do this. Uh, by myself, I need to find a church. And so I went to church, and at that time, the pastor was Pastor Stan, and he led uh, an old-fashioned hymn sing, playing the piano for the congregation, and I fell in love with the church, and we joined uh, the same day that we had Melody baptized. And it was actually the same time that we moved into this house and um, met the Knapps, who are Ron and Kim, have been our neighbors. Um, and we were struggling, I guess I was struggling more than maybe Ron was with... Um our former church and wanting to go to church I'd make up I want to sleep in or I'm going to take the summer off and when our oldest Beth was starting to get of age to get through confirmation you know we just kind of sat down and we decided hey we need to we need to get figure something out here. My husband Jared and I moved to Cedar Rapids in 2012. I work for the Blood Center. Um, I usually tell people I'm sort of like an event planner, but for blood drives. So I had just started and I was going out to all the blood drives that we work with in the area and I met Dan and Kay Chia at one of them in Marion. Well, Lisa had never been to our church before and she contacted me. We met and we were just talking about the church, and and I invited her then to come to the church and look the space over. I mentioned something about, oh, I bet there's really good cookies at that blood drive because the UMW always makes really good cookies. And because I said UMW, he said, oh, you must be Methodist. Are you going to church anyplace? And she said, well, no, they hadn't been able to find a church yet. And I said, well... I know of a really good one. We mentioned the confirmation program at Marian Methodist and and, uh, what a good experience uh, we had had as small group leaders and what a good experience the kids uh, that had been involved uh, seemed to all have. And and that sounded very appealing to them. And so we just suggested, well, you know, why don't you come to church with us and, uh, you know, let's pick a date and let's have you guys, you know, come and sit with us. It was it was easy to go because they had invited us. We waited in the in the street, caravaned up together, so um, they showed us kind of the ins and outs, how to get into the building, um, where they sat, and honestly, we still sit in the same spot, same pew. They met us at 8.30 up there in our uh, front left pew, and, um, and from there, I think it's been a, a real blessing for all of us. So if you happen to be sitting in our pew in the left front, <laughs> you're in our spot. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. I shouldn't have said that. It's okay. Dan and Kay invited us to attend Mary Methodist and really just felt welcomed there. It was nice and, and warm. Um, we did like that it felt like more of a traditional church, uh, which is what he and I both grew up in. That's what we found our comfort level and where we felt like home. We walked in that church, and everybody was so welcoming. Um, it was like the pastor, the sermon, they were talking directly to us. Um, even we were impressed with um, the prayer, the community service. Pastor Mike, um, you know, when you stand and, and greet one another, he was 
immediately over, shaking our hands. Um, since we've been mer- members of the church, we had been um, hoping for a baby for a few, a few years, but um, just didn't seem to be in God's plan. Unfortunately, we had three losses, and um, Pastor Mike was good enough to come and sort of help us get through that. Um, he came to the house, and we were able to um, sort of talk with him and pray with him about what we were going through. And so the church was really present. Um, Several members of the church were praying for us, even though we weren't able to necessarily talk about it with them because it was a rough time. Um, And so it was just nice to know that we had all this comfort surrounding us at the church. And so um, now that we have Ethan, um, it was so nice to have all the members of the church really... um, be rejoicing with us, essentially. Um, So Ethan has been quite popular. What's wonderful is that they are all a part of our family. Lisa has brought her beautiful soprano voice to our choir. They have brought a new child into our church, and our church now has a new child that we can help grow. All of that kind of started, I think, with a discussion about United Methodist Women Cookies. We've also been able to bring Ron's parents, um, Sharon and Gary, over. Um, And we've also, um, I've been working at my sister for a while, and she has begun to come. Um, So that's been a positive for us, too. And it's basically all because the nobles reached out one day and said, hey, come join us. And it's just snowballed from there. Because being part of the church has always been important to me, um, I had always kind of sought out my own church home, but I've never been invited to a church until coming to Mary Methodist and Dan and Kate asked us to come. So that was really encouraging, um, knowing that somebody was thinking about us, wanting us to join the church, and, and sort of actively looking for us on Sundays, wanting to know if we were there. You know, and, and most of those folks are here in this service right now. And, and the Chias, they, they had the intent. They, they had intent. And, and the nobles had the intent to share their church. And they offered the invitation to the Naps and to the Sparrows. And, and here they are. And, and all of those lives got better. I, I would contend that without even asking them. I think every single life that was involved in that invitation got better. And, and so the video purpose, you know these folks. The video had, while, while wonderfully made, it had this very simplest, simplistic purpose. N- not not to, to, to take anything away from the work that the Chias or, or the nobles did. And to say, if they can do it, if they can do it, if they can do it, why not you? Why not all of us? Are you drafting your invitation? You know, are you writing it down in your heart and your spirit? Are you, are you drafting the invitation that you need to give someone? I gave you the stats. Two-thirds of the unchurched people that you know will come if you ask them. 
Maybe not the first ask, maybe not the second, maybe not the tenth, but maybe the twentieth. But two-thirds of the people that you know that are currently not part of a church that do not know Jesus Christ, their personal Lord and Savior, will come with you. There's proven effectiveness to this. But I'll tell you, the undefeatable effectiveness of not giving an invitation is they will not come 100% of the time. They won't come. Worst invitation is one that's not sent. Third, the community welcomes strangers by inclusion. We've been putting these devices out here the last few weeks. You know, a number of weeks ago, we gave Bibles to a bunch of our children. And we put this up here to to remind you that the Bible is the roadway to God. This is the pathway to our Lord. In it are the stories of the Old and New Testament that teach us God's way. And we put our communion chalice up here the first Sunday of, of, of October to remind ourselves that when we drink from this cup, we are reminded by the sweet taste of that wine and the fibrous feeling of that bread that there is nothing that holds us together more than Christ and nothing sweeter than receiving the forgiveness God gives us. We put the mirror up here a few weeks ago that is haunting some of you as you reflect on it to remind you that we have to look past the mirror to the people that don't own and look and earn like us to see who's out there looking for for a place that's really looking for Christ that can't see it. And if we just get consumed with ourselves, which of course the image here is if all we're looking at is First United Methodist Church, we don't see the others. And last week I brought the two pictures before you and, and, and let you know about the simple fact that the gospel truth is that sometimes our lives are beaten up and brutalized and you can see right through the bottom of them like you can this picture. And Christ gives us the opportunity to have a pure and crisp, crystal clear life, pristine, without any blots on it, if all we do is choose it. Now today, it's pretty simplistic, and this is, might be the most visible sign that we've ever brought up here. I bring this door up here to remind you that Many people in our community are looking for an entrance. They're looking for a place to get in. And and, and the simple thing is, will you open the door and say, come on in. This is the place for you. This is the place. Will you you step outside it if you have to and go looking for them? But but will you say about your church, this is the place for you? Because the hard thing about doors are, is that when you let go of them oftentimes... They close. And if you're not standing in the doorway, if you're not taking people through it with the, with the combination that you have of how it works. And remember, obviously, anybody in a Marion can probably pull a door open. I'm talking about the physical and emotional capital that it takes to walk into a community like this that's already established and be part of it. Are you willing to say to another, this is the place for you to hold the door open and proclaim, this is your place because it's my place and I want my place to be your place so it can be our place. Not just these buildings. I'm talking about the community of faith. Philip asked the Ethiopian eunuch, do you know what you're reading? He says, how can I unless somebody explains it to him? And he did. And he explained it to him by including him into the gospel story. And then the Ethiopian eunuch says, there's water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And instead of being United Methodist saying, well, we have to have a meeting with the pastor. We have to have a consultation. We have to have a meeting with the ad board. Just vote you in. He says, nothing. And they jumped in the water. He got him wet. He included him right then. And I'm telling you what, if somebody says, I need to be baptized and I'm out of town, Just go ahead. I'll clean it up later, all right? 
I'll even say that one of my district superintendents here later. Just get people wet with the Holy Spirit, with the spirit of inclusion, and bring them in. Say to them, come on. (laughs) Come on into my place. Come on in. Make it your place. Come on in. Let's make it our place. And then involve them in the joy and the work and the mission. As you are watching this video on the screens, I will tell you this, that, 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 the, that actually Jared and Lisa, you know, Dan, Dan talked about her teaching, uh, about her singing the choir. They also just got done teaching confirmation. During the year, they were pregnant and having a baby. You saw Ethan. He's up in the balcony. Ron and, and Kim are both serving on committees in the church, both working in the committee. It's not like we just said, come on in. We said, come on in and be one of us. Come on in and be part of us. Come on in and feel at home. You have equal share with us. We want you to be in our spot. I mean, to me, remembering all those years ago when Lee Collins said, freshman, he hadn't known my name yet. He said, sit here. Because that was his way of saying, what I got, I want you to have. I want you to be a part of that. I want to include you in my people, in my team. We have to do that as well. See, he had no idea. He, might, he, he had no, no idea. He, he had to be willing to, exp, you know, to embrace the expansion of his group. How did he know that I wasn't the scrapbook kid? Every college team, by the way, has a scrapbook freshman that brings their scrapbook from how great they were in high school. You know, I remember sitting at that table and they, some kid was saying, oh, we're all state, all state. And they basically said, well, raise your hand if you weren't all state. And everybody, everybody that was all state raised their hand. It was everybody but one person. And they said, you weren't all state? He says, no, but I was all city, and my city has 13 million people in it. Does that count? You know, but they always have this guy. Lee didn't know if I was going to be the guy say, oh, I want to tell you about all my exploits playing Tipton and Monticello and whoever else. But, but, but he didn't know. Maybe I was going to be the nerdy little white kid with the bad hair. I don't know. He didn't know. He didn't care. He included me. He said, you're part of us, and he embraced that expansion, and the group embraced that expansion because some of them are still my great friends. We as a church need to embrace the, the, the expansion. The community welcomes strangers because we are simply better together. We are better, bigger, not because, like Alex told us, you know, not because we needed, need to grow because we need more money, not because we need to grow because it'll help us in the new church, not, not be, but because we'll be better for the kingdom of God. And there are souls out there Maybe they're not brokenhearted, but they're certainly searching. They're certainly looking that need the Lord. And maybe they'll never pursue him without an invitation for you. And maybe you're the gateway. Maybe you're the doorway to the place. But I'll tell you what. You have to have intent. You have to be willing to offer an invitation. And then you have to be willing to include. Now, in a few minutes' time after the offering, you'll be dismissed to go to coffee or hy-vee or wherever it is you go after church. And on the way out, you're going to be handed these little referral cards that say we are on the move and they've got some stuff on the back. And so after you take your sign home today and stick it in your front yard, or, or when you go to Hy-Vee and somebody says, where you been today? You say, well, by the way, I'd love to have you be a part of this. We've given you the device. If you've got 10 friends you're pending an invitation to, take 10. We'll make more. We have a copier. We'll make a lot more. But we want you to feel comfortable inviting. We, we've been on this sermon series. Just be careful. Stay here with me. Pastor Mike's the hard one. Pastor Keith was the soft, lovey-dovey one, right? (laughs) We've been on this sermon series five weeks now. I'm not seeing a whole new flow. I'm not seeing a whole new flow at our 830 service. 
So let's hand it out. Let's share it. I, I want you to have the story in your heart. I want you to know the story. And the Lord Jesus wants you to tell the story. And let's welcome in. Let's take a minute. Let's pray. God, we know how much we love this church. It's precious to us. We fling ourselves at it. We talk well of it in the community. We're proud of it and all the things it does for you. We're thrilled to be involved in ministries. And Lord, we ask today that you you convict us, that you indict us, that you call to us and say, is your intent to share this with anyone else? And will you invite them? Is it, is it yours and yours alone? Is this just for you and your specific family? Or are there others in this community, Lord, that we need to have intent to share? And Lord, you call us to, to compose our invitation, to make it ready, to not be caught off guard when someone says, do you go to church? Or why do you have that sign in your yard? Or why do you have that sticker on your car? Why are you paying so much money for a new church that we have, we have a word, that we have an invitation ready to say, hey, come along with me. I'll show you why. Come be a part of this family of faith. And Lord, guide us to invite and guide us to include others. Lord, when someone new comes in here, let us not stare them down and wonder why they look or sound or speak differently than us or why they don't know which page in the book to turn in or where the coffee is or if they accidentally or incidentally sit in our seat, Lord. Remind us that nothing is better in your mind than including new into your family. And so, Lord, we pray for that. We pray for our own courage, Lord, because in many ways we've been without. And yet you give us everything we need. So embolden us, Lord, to speak your truth, to offer people an invitation so that we can say, come join me at my place. Let it become your place so that our place might be the community of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.